Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and today I'm so excited for our current mood combo because we have our first author, and I am obsessed with her book. As you will hear many times throughout this podcast, Emma Isaacs is the founder of Business Chicks, and she just released her book called Winging It. It's all about stop thinking, start doing, why action beats planning every single time. So before we get into all of that, let's jump right into my best mood and worst mood of the week. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram. All it is is at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth on Instagram, and we post mood boosters all week long. So if you're craving some inspirational quotes, a way to connect, a way to get in touch with moi, but mostly just awesome inspirational quotes, follow at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. And if you need even more connection to an amazing community of girls supporting each other, we do have a private Facebook group. With over 14,000 members, you can meet new friends, get amazing recommendations, mood boosters, advice, anything you need, anything you need to know at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. My best mood this week was handling fear with strength. So pretty much strength. It is so crazy that I have been in a state of fear, which I will give you a spoiler alert is my worst mood, just the fear, because let's talk about them both at the same time, right? So worst mood, fear, and best mood is actually handling it with strength. So Fear obviously feels absolutely horrible. And one of my amazing and supportive friends that has gotten me through this fearful time, because I have had fear boiling over me for a very long time at this point. It just transitions in and out. It comes in at different ways. But fear is a huge part of anxiety. We all know that. And sometimes when you're faced with fear head on, you have to remember feelings aren't facts. Fear is just presenting them as real. And that has really helped me because you guys know I always talk about honoring my feelings. And that's why I do want the worst mood this week to be fear because it's a horrible thing to feel. And you have to honor it and you don't have to pretend like it's not actually happening to you. You just have to recognize that feelings aren't facts. Like it's not real. Whatever you're fearing doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. And also you have to remember that whatever you're feeling, you can honor and you can also feel something at the same time. So for me, it's been really important to remember that as much as I'm feeling fear I'm also feeling grateful I'm also feeling strong and that's why my best mood is strength because a year ago if I was in a fearful situation I would have not handled it with strength I would have just absolutely crumbled and I have been able to stand up for myself acknowledge how I'm feeling reach out for help put myself first still take care of myself while simultaneously feeling fearful strong grateful, sad, happy. I've been able to laugh and then cry. It's like 
this is why we always have to remember that there's always going to be a best mood and there's always going to be a worst mood. You're not going to have a week where it's just the best. Yes, you can have a good week, but we're allowed to feel more than one emotion at the same time. It's pretty much always we're going to be feeling a lot of feelings at the same time. But feelings aren't facts. They're feelings. And being able to handle one of the worst moods with strength was definitely something as fearful as I am in this worst mood. I have to remember that I'm so grateful for my strength and I'm so proud of myself. The fact that I probably wouldn't have been able to stay strong through such fear if I hadn't put in so much work into my moods, into myself. It just shows you guys that as scary as fear is, you can get to a point where you actually handle it with strength. And I don't know why I stumble on those words. I really don't. I just like cannot articulate what I'm trying to say. But for some reason, my brain's not computing that. So you know what I'm trying to say. So that is my best mood and worst mood of the week. I hope it makes sense to you guys without complete context of fear. But in the end of the day, like we all have fear about different things. It doesn't matter what the fear is about. It matters that you can acknowledge it. You know that it's not real. It's not factual. That you can also feel other things at the same time. It's okay to be sad and happy at the same time. You don't have to crumble. You can deal with things and put yourself first and feel strong. You guys know a mood booster for me has been just fall in itself. This season is my favorite moody vibe ever. And you guys need to take your first steps into fall with comfortable, washable, and sustainable products from Rothy's. Rothy's comes in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. Rothy's are available in a range of styles. Their shoes are seamlessly knit with a thread made from plastic water bottles. So they're ultra comfortable. And as soon as you slip them on, that's right, there's zero break in period like oh my god it's just so satisfying to put them on vogue calls rothy's a personal obsession and health says that they're the most comfortable shoes on earth and i say that both of those things are true rothy's has kept over 60 million single-use plastic water bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread which is then knit into beautiful sustainable products like all of their shoes and my favorite their handbags Another bonus, Rothy's are fully machine washable, you guys. So every time they need a refresh, you can simply toss them in the washing machine. You guys know I love neutral colors. I love white, cream, tan, all of those things. You don't have to feel guilty about buying something like that anymore. You just throw it in the wash. It's amazing. And plus, Rothy's comes with free shipping and returns. So if you haven't checked them out, you absolutely have to. They make perfect gifts and the holidays are coming up. And for everyone wanting to shop more sustainably, here's your answer. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash mood. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash mood. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash mood today. My next mood booster in the non-tangible way is listening. I think that listening is such an important skill in general. I think not only is it something we all need to be active and working on and just remember to do, but I feel like sometimes when I really have that mental note of like, make sure you go into this situation and you just listen, it really kind of like takes actually a little bit of my social anxiety away, knowing that like I don't have to feel so anxious that I have to be the only one talking. And then you kind of go to the deeper level and you realize wait like there's so much more you can get out of a conversation and just a hangout or anything really if you actually just listen and so listening was a really big mood booster for me because I feel like I've gotten a lot of really great advice I've really gotten to know people on more of a vulnerable level and I've just had such amazing girl time and I think the reason it's such a mood booster specifically is because all the listening I've been doing I've really just like allowed myself to sit back and not feel like I have to perform 
warm and just listen. So that's, like I said, helped me with my social anxiety of not going into a situation kind of like anticipating who I need to be, how I need to be, how I need to act. But then also when you really want to lean on your friends and you need them, Yes, venting is great and expressing, let's say, all of your fears is fabulous, but really, really listening. And I even told my friend when she was venting to me, I said, just so you know, when I say these little things to you while you're telling me how you feel, I'm only saying them so you actually hear them and they go into your conscious. I'm not saying them because I disagree with you. I'm not saying them because you don't know them. I just want you to, when you remember this conversation, you hear me saying that in your head. And so for her, that was like a listening mood booster for her because she was actually able to understand why I was kind of like telling her how I felt about her situation and she was able to listen and hear me and it was actually able to help her later when she kind of reflects on those same fears and same anxieties and was like oh but Lauren said that and I I heard it and I need to remember it so it's kind of like you do it for your friends you let them do it for you and you know what you don't always have to be the strong friend and know everything you can actually just listen and you'll probably get your mood boosted from it my next mood booster is another thing you and your friends can do for each other and it's so sweet and it's so simple and literally my friend just Venmoed me like five dollars to get coffee and it was such a big mood booster that I'm literally copying it and I'm gonna do it to friends or anyone that needs it because I don't know it was just such a treat like I was just feeling so lazy and down and I got this like little five dollar that said go get yourself anything you want from Starbucks and I was just like this is the nicest like thing ever it like literally boosted my mood it got me out of bed so if you know someone that needs a mood booster maybe try something like that just hitting them with a little tangible surprise something to kind of like get them up they have to physically go get their own coffee get that caffeine in their system it's like such a nice little mood booster you can do for a friend as well and then lastly my mood booster was really having me time I think you guys saw it probably on my Instagram at Lauren Elizabeth and I was binging Handmaid's Tale and absolutely just loving it I just was like I don't need to do anything else like I'm having a fabulous time with myself watching TV in my fresh sheets with my red lights on and oh my god it was just such a mood booster just like taking me time and just making myself like little healthy snacks folding them all up in a napkin, like little cheese cubes, my little pretzels, just anything I needed, bringing it upstairs with a kombucha, just getting into bed and just having this amazing like me time on a Friday night. I was just like, oh, is this like growing up? Am I a grandma? But it was such a mood booster because it was just so relaxing and it was just so nice only spending time with myself and just having relaxing me time. My mood booster after this is going to be taking a shower, which actually was a mood booster earlier when I needed it in the week, but (laughs) it's been a little too long now. Your girl's got to boost her mood, get in the shower and feel fresh and clean, maybe even change the bed sheets, but I'm going to shower and shave. And you know what? We deserve better than having to choose between either cheap disposable erasers or overpriced brands. You guys know, if you listen to the podcast, I was the one using disposable razors. It's really embarrassing. But thankfully, I found the Athena Club Razor. The Athena Club Razor is expertly designed with the sharpest patented blades on the market, you guys. These one-of-a-kind blades are enhanced with a revolutionary water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid for a skin-soothing shave with maximum hydration. 
In fact, Athena Club Razor is the only razor designed with hyaluronic acid, and that is one of my favorite ingredients. I also love using their Cloud Shave Foam for extra hydration and just an extra smooth shave. I get no razor burn. It's like a super close shave, but it doesn't irritate my skin at all, and it's really long-lasting, and the blades are even longer-lasting. The best part is that this razor kit is literally only $9, which includes five blade razor heads, your choice of a razor handle color, and a magnetic holder for easy storage. It is my favorite magnetic holder. It is just like the best made razor on the market, you guys. It's like, it just like feels like luxury. And I get new blades shipped regularly, so I never have to like run out to the store or am afraid that I'm gonna run out of razor blades. And don't forget, it doesn't stop at incredible razors with Athena Club. They carry all the self-care essentials you need from period care to body care and even a probiotic and multivitamin. And every product is vegan and cruelty-free. So stop using products that under-deliver and switch to Athena Club. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code MOOD. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with promo code MOOD for 20% off. Okay, you guys, we are going to get into today's current mood convo with Emma Isaacs, the founder and global CEO of Business Chicks. It is a thriving global community of over 500,000 women. They've had speakers like Sarah Jessica Parker, Richard Branson, Kate Hudson. Like, you guys, this stuff is legit. Her new book is all about like doing the things that scare you, building your wealth, making an impact, fail a lot and get up and try again, which is pretty spot on with best mood and worst mood being all about fear. She shares like time saving hacks, tips on how to network like a boss, which I know a lot of everyone is afraid of networking, tips on doing work and family well. And the best part is like she doesn't take herself too seriously. She is so sweet. I just had this like she was literally just a mood booster for me because her energy was just so amazing. And I just, I really, really loved her book. I was literally sending like pictures. I posted a picture of my favorite thing on Instagram. I have the hardcover and I was just obsessed with underlining in it. So I'm going to read you guys just a few of my favorite little things. One of my favorite things that has to do with my best worst mood is she says, we obsess over outcomes and what ifs at the expense of getting into action and trying something. We rely too much on external advice and depend on external forces to give us cues. We run around asking everyone, what do you think I should do? What would you do if you were me? And she says to say yes and figure out the rest later. She said, I did this all by listening to what felt right in my head and my heart and not running around asking everyone if I should go for it. When you know, you know, and when you don't, you decide. I absolutely love that so, so, so much. And there's just so many things that I like literally went through this book and I just underlined and I highlighted, like I'm literally just looking through it right now. And like, there's even this one part that says getting your head right. And it's just like, yes, like we need to like get our heads right. I really, really love this book, you guys. And I really loved that I went through and underlined and just like bookmarked stuff. So now when I go back, I know exactly what I'm looking for. It is such a mood booster. It really just kind of gets you back in that like boss bitch mindset, but it also it's not too work oriented. I feel like it really is on par with mood because it really is about mental health at the same time and kind of getting out of your head and recognizing that it's not just about being smart. It's about actually getting your mind right. So I'm so excited to have Emma on. I think you guys are really going to love her and I really think you guys are going to love her book as much as I did. So let's jump into my current mood combo with Emma Isaacs. Oh my God. I'm so excited to have you on. You're actually my first author to have on the podcast. Yay. So it's so epic and you sent me your book. It's called winging it. Mm -hmm. And 
I am already obsessed with it. I have been <laughs> underlining. I have sent links to people. I've sent photos. It is Aww. just absolutely amazing. So we need to talk just everything about you and how you got to this point. So I'd love for you to tell my listeners kind of your backstory before we even just jump right into the book. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And thanks for having me on. I'm sure you'll have millions more amazing authors follow. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to go first. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, so a little about the origin story. I suppose what's a little bit unique about my experience is that I've never actually worked for anyone else before. So I'm what you might call a career entrepreneur. Um, I had my first company at the age of 18. And I'll tell you a bit about that story. And you might have heard from my accent that I'm originally Australian. I <laughs> moved to California five years ago. So I've been living in LA for five years now and absolutely love it. But um, my story started in Australia. So um, listen, I went to university. I lasted for all of six months. For me, uh, uni was just going far too slow. And I'm definitely someone who likes to get stuck in, likes to roll their sleeves up, likes to learn on the job, likes to learn experientially. So the experiment of going to uni failed for me. And after six months, I dropped out. I went along to like a weekend barbecue, met a whole bunch of new people. And one of the people there was a young woman who had started a little recruitment company, a little staffing agency. So she'd put temporary and permanent people into different businesses. And she'd been at it for literally only a few months um, before we met. But she said, listen, I'm looking to hire someone. Why don't you come and have a chat with me? So along I went and I got the job and started working there. And very, very soon after that, her business partner exited the relationship, all very, you know, lovely and amicably. But as he turned around and, and left, he um, said to her, if you're going to offer equity to anyone in this company, you'd offer it to that little kid sitting there. And he pointed at me. So that's a little of how I got my entrepreneurial start. And at the age of 18, found myself as a 50% shareholder in this tiny little company. Built that company for the next seven years, um, absolutely learnt, you know, had my foundation in small business then. Obviously, when you are in a company um, with a couple of people, you have to do everything. Um, so very much cut my teeth in small business in, in those seven years. And then a friend invited me along to a business chicks event. And um, if you've gotten to this part in the book, you might've read that I said, no ways, there's no <laughs> way I'm going to anything that calls themselves chicks. I mean, that's just so insulting to women. It's derogatory. It's the worst company name I've ever heard. I'm not, I'm not going. And, you know, she, she convinced me to, to go along. And I remember walking into that room at the first business chicks event I attended and was completely blown away. And, you know, I, I kind of caught religion then and there on this concept and the way I'd built my business um, up until that point was through networking, you know, through going to millions of different events, through stalking people in a really nice way, but, you know, <laughs> definitely through this notion that your, you know, your, your network is your net worth. So I was really surprised that I hadn't heard of business chicks. Um, I just fell in love with it. And I, soon after that, I heard the business was for sale. So again, a very abridged version of the story, but I ended up buying the business at the age of 25 and I have spent the last 15 years um, building it. And, you know, we started with 200 members. We now reach over 500,000 women across the globe. Um, you know, I have a beautiful team um, across the US and Australia where we're initially from. We produce about 110 live events. Well, when we were allowed to event, do you remember those days? Yes. <laughs> we were allowed to get together. We do about 110 events a year. Um, our past speakers have included Ariana Huffington, Sarah Jessica Parker, 
uh, Brene Brown, oh gosh, Sir Richard Branson, millions, millions of, definitely not millions, but certainly, um, you know, thousands and thousands of amazing speakers and talent that we've um, been able to work alongside. So that's sort of the the backstory in a couple of minutes or less. Um, but it's it's been a wild ride. And, and when you know no other journey apart from being an entrepreneur, it really makes you hustle like, like nothing else. You know, when you don't rely on a paycheck each week, you have to get creative with, um, you know, how you make a living for yourself. So I think that experience has been you know, really um, valuable for me and has certainly informed all the decisions that I've made up until this point. I loved the part of the book too, where you were saying kind of like right when the woman who was selling business chicks, you immediately thought, oh my gosh, I have to buy it. And, you know, obviously you wrote it better than I did, but (laughs) what you said was something along the lines of, you know, instead of going around and asking everyone's opinion and some people were telling you, oh my gosh, why would you buy this? Don't do it. You just Mm -hmm. kind of like went with your gut and your intuition. And Mm -hmm. I just, I loved that part so much because for instance, let's say I even have a friend that like wants to buy a house right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was with someone who he barely knows. And she was like, why would you buy that house in that area? And it completely like ruined his day. He started second guessing his decision, like not knowing. And it was like a week ago. And I was like, why are you like letting this random person Mm. influence your decision-making? And I literally took a picture of this page in your book and I sent it to him (laughs) and he was like, oh my God, wow, I love that. And so I guess like, how did you, did you just always kind of have that gut and you followed that intuition? How do you kind of like not listen to other people's maybe, you know, they're trying to help, but at the same time, you, you know what you want to do. Yeah, that's, it's such a great question. And listen, I think there are so many beautiful lessons inside of it that we can all you know, learn from. Um, A couple of things I'd say to that, I think we all have a unique knowing and I think we all, it's different for every single person. You know, what you want to get out of your life is different to what I want to get out of my life. But, you know, I know that if I put you in a room by yourself and closed the door and took away your phone, like you have the answers of where you want to be. You have the answers, you have a vision for your life. You know what you want to get up to, right? And I think we, and and it's great that you've told the story about your friend. Um, you know, my experience of working with thousands of women over the past 15 years is that it's mainly, um, you know, a problem or that, that mainly, um, we suffer from as women, a lot of us overthink and overanalyze and ask for too much advice. So, you know, I really, really encourage people to get out of their heads and drop down into what feels right. And I certainly had that experience when I was buying that business uh, 15 years ago, you know, every single cell in my body was telling me I've got to do this. It feels right. I'm excited about it. You know, I was sort of you know, you start to get a little bit sweaty in your palms and you sit up straight and you're like, I've got to do this thing. Right. And then what happened to me was I started second guessing myself and I remember getting a management consultant in to look at the figures and he looked at him and he's like, this is not even a business. Like there's no money to be made here. You need to forget this idea. Um, obviously I ended up uh, ignoring his advice completely, but <laughs> I think you're right. Like we get derailed when we ask for advice from people, you know, and I, um, I have this friend who, see, I bought my first property when I was 19 years old and I've um, got on to, to build a nice little 
property portfolio over the years. And I also have a friend who's like, it's not the right time to buy property now and property is not the right investment class and you should be doing other things. And listen, he owns one house. Um, he's 20 years older than me. He owns one house. And meanwhile, I've gone on to collect, you know, properties yeah. over the years. And if I'd listened to him, I, I would be at the same, you know, the, the, the same level of success or the same point. So I think, you know, I've, I've always had a very interesting relationship with advice. I think it's important to listen to others. I think certainly it's important to almost, um, what would I say, discriminate with your advice. You know, you want to certainly from a business perspective, only listen to people who have been in the trenches of entrepreneurship, who have only done what you're trying to do because everyone wants to give you advice, right? Like your mom and dad and your neighbors, and you really have to, um, be really discriminating with, um, you know, who you listen to, but ultimately what it comes back down to is we, we know what's right for us and you've got to check in and, and lead instinctually and, and definitely go with what feels right. That's certainly worked for me anyways. And then you end up just winging it, which is the title of your book. And so kind of, I want to like obviously define what winging it means to you, but mm -hmm. tell us how you kind of came to writing this book because it's really special. And I love that it's really catered to those kind of typical things we face as women and just mm -hmm. that overanalyzing and everything that you've kind of laid out. And I love the first chapter so much because it's so much about that, like internal struggle, struggle with yourself. Mm -hmm. But how did you kind of think of after all of this, writing a book and titling it, winging it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, um, in my work, um, you know, I've been very, very lucky to meet and uh, listen to and work alongside so many thousands of women. And there's a really beautiful kind of collective wisdom that all these women face. And, and like we said before, it is a problem that uh, a lot of us struggle with, you know, this, this notion of kind of sitting and waiting to be asked for opportunities, this idea of sitting back and waiting for permission, this idea that perhaps we're not good enough, the, this idea that perhaps we don't have all the answers or we don't have the right education or we don't have enough time or we'll do it when the kids get into college or we'll do it when we have enough money, you know. So we, we, we do wait. And I think the big philosophy of my life has just been doing things before I've been ready to do them. Um, you know, you saw that when I started my first company at um, 18. You saw that when I bought Business Chicks a few years later. Um, I certainly had no clue how to run an event. I had no idea how to run a membership organization. But the idea of winging it to me really means, you know, saying yes and figuring out the rest as you go. It means... Um, progressing, even though you don't have a clue how things are going to turn out. It means trying to find the confidence to, to do things without having the answers. And that's all it is to me. You know, I mean, I know there's an association with risk when it comes to winging it and we're not all comfortable doing these things, but I found that it's a muscle that we can continue to flex over and over and that courage is built in the doing, you know, it's, it's, it's not built in the, the thinking and, and the talking. It's actually about making decisions every single day that scare us a little bit. It's about putting ourselves in to situations that make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. It's perhaps about being, you know, the person in the room who's not the smartest every single time. It's about putting your hand up and saying, I don't know how to do this. You know, can you help me? I think a lot of the time we all kind of walk around um, trying to appear like we have it all together, trying to appear like we, you know, have all the answers, trying to appear like we're smarter than we are. And, and for me, winging it is just about saying, you know, it's about having a level of vulnerability. It's about having, um, 
you know, the guts to sort of say, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Can you help me? You know, and I think that's, again, a really beautiful skill that we can all master, you know, this idea that we can go out and we can ask for help and we, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't shy away from that because certainly in my career, the, the times when I haven't had the answers and I've, um, you know, reached out to various mentors and people, um, you know, people want to help you. So I think, again, that's another little example of winging it. It's about, you know, how do we call upon people who um, can help in our journeys and, and how can we ask for that, that mentoring? I think that's a really beautiful example as well. It's so funny because even when I think like, okay, well, I'm going to put this in my life and I'm just going to start winging it. My first thought is, okay, so what's the plan? Like, how do I start (laughs) winging it? And it's like, you you know what I mean? I'm like, so how does one plan to wing it? And it's like, you literally said that action beats planning every time. And I'm like, okay, so how do I do, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm so, I'm so like wired the wrong way where I was like, I was reading the book and I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to do that. So let me set out a plan. (laughs) And (laughs) I love it. Quick break to talk to you guys about hum. I am obsessed with hum nutrition. I have been taking it forever. If you're an OG YouTube follower, you know it's true. Hum Nutrition Supplement Packs, a combo of potent, clean, and clinically proven ingredients designed for specific goals like clear skin, improved sleep, hair growth, balanced mood, and healthier body. They're formulated by experts and rigorously tested. To help boost your well-being in the ways you need it most, you can actually go and take their quick quiz. And you can get an individualized product recommendation from their team of registered dietitians to help bring your skin, body, hormones, and mood into balance. This is everything us mood boost lovers love. One of my favorites is their Big Chill. It's an adaptogen formula that enhances the ability to stay calm and focused and helps balance your adrenals, which is really, really important. And I really love their Flatter Me formula, which is a blend of digestive enzymes and herbs that help break down carbs and fats to reduce bloating and improve digestion. They also have so many other ones. They have a probiotic, they have Glow Sweet Glow, which is actually a very tasty vegan gummy, and they just have so much stuff. So I really recommend you guys go on and see what's right for you, but whatever you do end up getting started with it will absolutely become a part of your regular mood boosting routine so go to humnutrition.com slash get underscore started and get 15% off your first order of $29 or more with code mood that's code mood back to the podcast so how did you like did you ever like sit down and try to formulate a plan for your future or have you just instinctually been winging it since no yeah I love it I love you that's that's a really beautiful (laughs) (laughs) you're so in your head and I love it and and listen I, I do the same thing I think what's happened certainly in the last 20 years since I started my own companies is that the speed in which we plan and the speed in which life works and the speed in which technology works has completely been turned on its head. So, you know, 20 years ago, I used to sit down and write business plans with my team and, you know, we would look five, five years into the future and, my experience has been that it's just not possible to do that these days. You know, I, I certainly plan and sit down with my team, but these days we're, we're looking at quarterly plans, right? It's not a five-year plan because as much as we should all have a grand vision for our life, as, as much as we should all, you know, have a bunch of goals that we should be striving toward, I just think that life... Um, life doesn't work that way much anymore. And and we've been served up this perfect example of how planning just doesn't work with 2020. You know, this year has been the year of winging it, right? And, And again, it's just, it's just to me, how do we move forward in uncertainty? You know, how do we build resilience? How do we build grit? How do we show up every day with a smile on our face? How do we remain optimistic in the face of such huge and overwhelming uncertainty? And, you know, this is the perfect storm for winging it. It really just says, 
I have no idea, you know, where we're going to be in six months time in, in a year's time in, in two years time. But what it calls for all of us to do is to take a deep breath, take a deep breath in and just say, listen, this is what this is teaching me. We, we cannot control anything. And, you know, the, the quicker that you can get clear on that. And it's almost about kind of, how would I say it, relaxing in, into a situation and giving up the need to control everything and, you know, just, just kind of going with the flow more. Um, I think perhaps it's the Australian in me, but, you know, we, we, we certainly do, uh, we have a bit more of a laid back perspective on life. And, you know, I think if you can try and call in a little bit more of that calmness and not have this kind of need to look sideways all the time. And it's this idea of comparing and despairing. You know, I think when we look sideways all the time and what everyone else is up to, that really takes us off our game. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I just think we have to relax a little bit more. I think we need to yeah, give up expectations a little bit more. Um, we should certainly have a plan, but it should be a more short term than, than five or 10 years into the future. And, you know, I think it's about having this kind of, I don't know, self-kindness, like just being more kind to ourselves and saying in every single moment, you know what, I'm doing my best here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best in every single day. I'm, I'm listening into what I need. And, and some days that might be rest. And some days that might be, you know, really going hard um, with our work. Um, but it's just this, this kind of idea of relaxing a little bit more and, and going with the flow. Yeah, definitely. I feel like too, it's what you said, something like, we can't control anything but ourselves. And then I think the biggest battle, once you kind of at least get to that place is kind of realizing that a lot of the fear does live within yourself and kind of like in your own head, it's not really come, other people aren't scaring you. You're probably scaring yourself in your own mm. mind. And so mm. did you feel like when you were younger, maybe you had a lot more fear that you had to grow out of too with like experience or how did you kind of is it the Australian in you that you're just so cool, calm, and collected? Because I always <laughs> pretend that I'm cool, calm, and collected. And I tell my boyfriend every day, I'm like, I'm a cool girl. I'm a chill girl. Like, you're dating the chillest girl. And it's like, I'm not. But I, it's like you said, it's like everyone gives off that illusion that we know what we're doing. And in reality, yeah. we don't. And I think a lot of the fear does come from within, within ourselves. And so how do you kind of balance that with you know mm. wanting to achieve things while maybe being scared of something mm. it's a beautiful question and I, I think you know you hit the nail on the head when you said how do you practice it it's yeah they call it a practice for a reason because we've got to practice it every single day um and to answer your question about fear I actually had a lot less fear as when I started out like 20 years ago I I had a, I was a lot more fearless I think when you're a bit more naive and when you have a actually no idea what you're doing and when you start with this kind of beginner's mind of the and you know have the not knowing that's a really beautiful thing I, I think certainly in my experience I've grown to be more fearful as you know the stocks have gone up and as you know um my I suppose responsibilities have grown you know I have six children under the age oh of 11 um, they range from 11, nine, seven, five, three. And I've got a little guy who's three months old. So, you know, you, when you, when you start to grow in the seriousness of your life and the responsibilities you have, you, you have to learn to, you know, balance that with a level of responsibility. Um, so, you know, right now, if you ask me to put my house on the line and, and work 
you know, 24 hours a day for the next six months on a new business, let's say, I'm, I'm not going to do that because mm. I now have other responsibilities. So when you are younger, you can play with this kind of notion of risk and you can um, also, you have the energy, you have the energy to do things. So, you know, that, that's why I often advocate for people, um, you know, particularly young people starting things from a young age because you just don't have the responsibilities like us old people. <laughs> You know, it's so funny because like I, I've been in LA and I've been kind of, I started my career when I was like 16, 17 and I'm 26 now. And I look back at moving to LA and I'm like, I have no idea what was going through my mind. Like I, <laughs> like, I don't know how I got here to a certain extent. Cause like, it's yeah. just, and so now that I, you say that it makes me think, oh wait, you're right. Like I didn't have fear when I was younger. Now mm. I've like built something and I have responsibility mm. and I'm scared out of my mind every single day, but it's cool because yeah. I give off the illusion that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's totally, uh, I, I'm going to, you know, just your book is be going to become my new Bible basically essentially for like the next chapter of my life since I have to start winging it all over again <laughs> and I don't too. have that young angsty teen in me to get me through it, but <laughs> I, I love this one part too of your book too, where you said dramatic versus pragmatic. And like, I almost need to rip mm. out the page. I don't know if that's bad luck, <laughs> luck to like rip something out of a book, but I was like, I wish I was more. And I feel like what I'm doing right now in my life is trying to kind of develop that pragmatic side of me. I'm really working on like communication and just handling like stressful situations. And I remember mm. seeing a business person back in the day, just have like get really bad news and just was so calm. And I was like, that is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it's like, I almost as an emotional person thrive off that like drama and all this stuff. And you really broke it down in the book of like what dramatic versus pragmatic looks like and why it's so much more useful to be that way. And so can you tell us a little bit about that so that everyone can go out and buy it and become convinced <laughs> that they need this like I do? <laughs> and rip out that page. Yeah, um, literally. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, um, you know, we, we mentioned at the start of this conversation, I've been very, very lucky to work alongside some of the most incredible um, business people in the world, you know, people from the Amy Cuddy's, Brene Brown's, Ariana Huffington's, Richard Branson is a um, personal mentor of mine. And so I've gotten to study how they go about life and I've got, I've gotten to see firsthand how they react to situations and how they problem solve. And so that's where I've gotten a lot of my cues from and a lot of my learnings from. And, and you're right, like the, the most successful people on the planet are the people who don't spend time you know, ruminating on problems that don't really matter, you know, something goes, turns to shit or goes the wrong way and they just get up and they, they deal with it. Um, and I see this, I've seen this happen time and time again. And if we can learn to deal with our problems, learn to deal with our failures faster every single time, then we focus that time that we have into, you know, solutions, into getting on with the work that we're here to do, into problem solving. Um, and it's just been a really key theme of all the people that I've been able to, to meet throughout my life. Um, that Yeah, they don't sort of pick up the phone and call 10 girlfriends to to moan about it. They, they just go, okay, I've been dealt this card. I need to figure out what to do. I'm going to figure it out, come up with a solution, and I'm going to move on. Because, you know, that's another thing that successful people do really, really well. They manage their time and they manage their emotions. And if you want to get ahead, um, you know, you're going to really need to get your relationship with time sorted. Um, and that means spending the majority of your day doing what you do really well um, 
and, you know, just maximizing your time. We, there's, there's a lot of hacks in the book about time management. I think um, if anyone knows a thing or two about time management, it might be me because I have the six young kids and I yeah. run this, this, this kind of global company. And again, I've, I've taken those lessons from, from people who are about it and who have really worked out their relationship with time matters and how they spend it is absolutely crucial. So I think this whole idea of being pragmatic, you know, being practical, being as non-emotional as you can is a really, really key one for us to, to kind of study and, and to learn about. So I love that it's had a, um, made a difference to you. I think, I think that's great. Well, yeah. And I love the, um, when you, I underlined something too, and it was kind of, I think it spoke to me more because it was more of that kind of like you're saying, like managing your emotions, not just like when I hear time management, I think like something logical and maybe like analytical. And I'm so much mm. more of like that creative that kind of like has the illusion that I'm a business person, but in reality, I'm like <laughs> kind of not, I've just been faking it. And it's, I'm just exposing myself on this podcast. I days. love it. <laughs> and you said, you said, what would make today great instead of writing a to-do list? And mm. so how did you kind of get to that and like do you still practice that like every single day not every single day I I really try to I mean I have a lot of rituals and practices that I try and do every single day and I fail regularly at them but I think sometimes um what can be beautiful is well not sometimes all the time you know starting with the end in mind so starting you sit down when you're at the start of your day and you imagine yourself at the end of the day and you work backwards as to how you'd feel if you'd accomplished everything on that list so I think that's a really you know I certainly don't do it every day but um, my days go better when I do that you know and it's it's been a practice I've had for the last probably 10 or so years and it's 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 like everything it's it's visioning it's manifesting it's um, just getting clear on how you want the day to go because you know, that's where it's at. Like if you don't have an idea of how you want it to end, there's no ways to know how you want to spend your time in the day. So yeah, I, I love that practice and I try and do it as much as I can. And um, it's a beautiful reminder of where we need to focus and where our priorities lie. And it might not just, it might not be about work, you know, it might be about um, your relationships with friends or your relationships with your parents, um, you know, putting down who you need to reach out to, putting down how you need to take care of yourself in that day. So I think this whole idea of starting with what would make today great can be really, really effective. You know, I think when I write, sit down and start writing my to-do list, it feels kind of stressful and, and it's like there's a lot of shoulds around it and mm. um, it kind of makes me feel a bit less than if I don't get there. But, you know, this it's, it's kind of the idea of how, how do we bring more joy into our lives? You know, how do we, how do we make working fun how do we make it feel like it's not work and and again that's something that I've tried to you know really take notice of um throughout my career because it, it should be fun you know it should be fun and and you said before that you exposed yourself that you're not a business person and <laughs> a, a I think that's not true because you're, you're a very 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 smart operator but b to that point you know, we should be spending time thinking about how do we bring people into our lives who are better at the stuff that we are not so good at, right? So you don't have to be everything. You don't have to be everything to, um, you know, to, to make a really great uh, business for yourself, you know? So that's another thing that I've really tried to work hard at is I know where my weaknesses are. I know where my blind spots are. And I just, I, I really 
try to find people around me that can fill in those gaps because we should be spending most of our time doing what we're good at, you know, and, and you know what those things are. Like you start to do a task in, in your day and you're like, you know, your eyes start to, you, you start to look, you know, you pick up your phone and start scrolling or you go and make yourself an extra coffee or you, you know, you start patting the dogs and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm switched off to this. So I think that's another really great thing that we should all focus on is, you know, we're not good at everything. We should, we should definitely play to our strengths and try and, you know, kind of balance that with other people who are better at the stuff that we suck at. I think it's a good lesson. It's so, it's so refreshing too, that you say like bring joy into your life and stuff, because it is such a great book about, you know, business and work and all this stuff, but you have all those kind of self-care and emotional and just actually fun things within the book too. It's not just, like I said before, like analytical, logical time management. It's like, you're really kind of seeing the full picture of like what we need, whether it's as humans, as women and everything. And I always talk on the podcast about mood boosters and I do every week, like what my mood boosters were for the week. And Mm. obviously we're in kind of a weird state of the world where we probably need little extra, (laughs) little extra mood boosters. Do you have anything, you said you had a lot of rituals and stuff, but do you have anything that currently is just kind of boosting your mood, whether it's things, places, rituals, products? Yeah, I love that. I love that. For me, I'm very much an introvert and all that means is that I get energy from, you know, being alone. Um, which might make me sound like a total nerd. Um, (laughs) But, you know, with, I mean, I live in a house with six kids and my my gorgeous husband. Um, So for me, it's like, if I can just get five minutes to myself, that completely changes my my whole mood. And I think think it's important for people to, to understand how they get energy. You know, for you, it might be going and seeing five girlfriends, you know, for me, it might be locking myself in a closet for five minutes. But um, (laughs) yeah, for me, it it is definitely just having some solitude. Um, I'm huge into, um, you know, practicing gratitude every single day. So that, that always um, boosts my mood just to even write down three things that I'm grateful for. Um, You know, being present is a great way for me to boost my mood, you know, being present with whatever activities in front of me, whether that's sitting on the floor and playing blocks with the kids or whether it's talking to you on a podcast or whether it's reading. So I think, again, getting back to just doing that one thing and being present. um, What else? Um, I think, you know, I love a gin and tonic once a week. It's a really (laughs) great mood booster every now and then. Um, But yeah, I think, I think, it's, you know, this has been a really weird and it continues to be a really, really weird and, and dark time for us all. Um, and anything that we can find to just bring a little bit more joy and boost our mood, we've, we've got to get about that. It's, it's just so important. So thank you for the, the reminder. It's a beautiful reminder. Of course. I love it so much. I'm just like, I feel like I got your book, got to talk to you, and I'm just now going to dive into the world of everything, (laughs) winging it, business chicks, everything. I'm so obsessed. Can you please let everyone know before I let you go where they can follow you and just get your book, everything, all the details so that everyone can go and get as inspired as me and as obsessed because the moment the world returns back to normal. I will be finding a business chicks convention. I will yeah. be showing up. Yeah, I will be like, hi, that. we talked on a podcast. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we'll be able to hug in real life. It'll be exactly. Amazing. Oh, you're the best. Um, listen, I'm on Insta like everybody else in the world. I'm Emma Isaacs. Um, my business is Business Chicks. Um, you can get the book everywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target. Um, I'd love for your support with 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 that. So thank you so much for the chance to be here today. Of course. Thank you so much. And everyone will go get winging it. And just thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was amazing. And I can't wait for everyone to read the book. 
Woohoo, thank you.